Do you wonder about past lives? Have you ever thought about where your soul has been? Where it's going? Or what lessons and memories have been gathered along the way? In this podcast, we will discuss past life memories, psychic phenomena, energy healing, and other metaphysical topics with experts and the average person to find out how we can heal through these experiences. So I invite you to join me on my journey. Welcome to the Regression Session. hot in here especially with the tea welcome back to the regression session my name is ian and welcome to the regression session for any new listeners thanks for tuning in we love you happy new year this episode is being released on january 1st 2023 so hoping to start off the year strong and thanks for joining me if you're joining me on new year's day a couple things before we get into the actual episode though i had some serious audio issues because of my lack of computer organization it's actually a crime how bad my computer is organized but let's not linger on that (laughs) the episode should be fine I, i i think there's going to be a couple weird, like, audio things that you hear. So just ignore them. It's fine. Don't forget to click follow in your podcast player. We've reached the top 10% of followed and shared podcasts globally. However, only 20% of you actually click follow in the podcast player. So make sure to do that so you don't miss any of my bi-weekly uploads. And don't forget to share the podcast with everybody that you know in the entire world. This week, we're going to be hearing from John Povey. John and I talk about a lot of things, primarily energy healing and how that ties in with things like the medical field and the therapeutic field. I have a lot of exciting things coming for you guys um, regarding this kind of energy makeup of our body. And I'm really excited to get it started with with John because this is really kind of like a catalyst episode I think for a lot of conversations that I've been having lately and so I'm really excited about this episode so feel free to let me know what you think if you listen in Spotify there's actually a new feature where you can uh, towards the bottom you click what you thought of the episode and you can leave a comment in Spotify so if you want to do that feel free to do it and if while you're doing that don't forget to leave me a great rating And without further ado, here is my conversation with John. Hey, John, thanks for coming on to the show. Thanks for having me on there, Ian. Absolutely. You know, I've actually been really excited to have you come on. You, when we had our first conversation, John, I was fascinated with, with all the concepts and all the things that you, that you told me, you seem to have a unique take on, we'll just call it like new age healing 
you know, for lack of a better term. And I'm excited to get into it. But if you don't mind, just for some background and some con- uh, context so that my audience can get to know you a little bit, if you would just tell me whatever you're comfortable sharing about your yeah. background. Um, background. Effectively, most of my life, I've been a construction worker or builder. And probably about 15 years ago, uh, I was actually teaching construction in a school and got stressed out by it, not by the students, but by the politics in the school. So I left the school and went... How can you say? I, I stopped work through stress, um, is what the doctor told me. And I then went back into construction, and it was fine. No problem at all. But during that short period of stress, I was contacted, for want of a better way, of explaining it by what I now know to be guides. And they pointed me in the direction of doing a a Reiki one healing course, um, which I did. And the very first attunement of that Reiki one healing course completely changed my whole life, my whole view of life. Um, I went during the attunement astral traveling for the very first time. Never, ever done that. Never meditated. Um, and I couldn't understand what was going on. Um, that particular night after the um, attunement, I went astral traveling again when I tried to go to sleep that night. I then was told by this voice in my head, put your hand on the crystal under your pillow. And I became part of the crystal. And I was looking out as if I'm sat in the crystal and I thought, what's going on? I'm going crazy. And then it, the same voice said, put your hand on your arm. So I put my right hand on my left wrist and I'm inside my own body watching the blood flow and wriggle my fingers and I can see the tendons moving, take it off from the back end space. And I, I did this, I don't know how long I did it for, but when I went back for the remainder of the course the second day, I said, what have you done to me? And she couldn't understand it. And she said, I think this might be something to do with quantum healing, which I knew nothing about. Um, so she gave me the name of an author. I went on my Kindle when I got home and downloaded a copy to, to read. I couldn't understand the first two paragraphs and just deleted it. I thought, this is not. I can't understand it. But that was the start of my journey. And the strange thing is, it was a really powerful awakening in that instant. And it has only got stronger the longer I've gone on. Um, If you could have asked me when I started, would I be able to do trance healing? I'd never even heard of it, let alone been able to do it. Um, But that that's where I am now. It's, I've got through all the stages of healing, the sponge stage where you want to learn every modality there is so that you can be the best healer for everybody that you come into contact with. Um, right through to now where 
spirit effectively send me people or connect me with people that I can help with their help. So I think that, that probably is a, about the best way of explaining how it started for me. What do you think? Well, I think it's very interesting. I've I've heard of people, you know, essentially like randomly slipping into astral travel before. And that always fascinates me where you just kind of slip, you know, for lack of a better term, slip out of your own body and you're like, whoa, what the hell? You know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, for me, I, I'm sitting in this room with another six six other people that are on this Reiki One course. I can hear them whispering about their achievements. I, I was the last one to receive the first achievement, and I can hear them whispering. I can hear the Reiki master stood behind me muttering under a breath and waving her fingers across the top of my head and whatever she was doing. But with my eyes closed, I'm stood in space next to the moon. And I'm thinking, what? How can I be in two places at once? I can't be out in space. I can't not be in this room because I can feel the chair under my backside. I, you know, yeah, sort of my mind a bit. Hallucinating or something? Well, no, because I'm, I've never taken anything, any type of drug other than what's been prescribed by a doctor. Um, I'm not on any medication, and you know, the only thing I've ever taken regularly is uh, for hay fever. Um, and that isn't anywhere near a, you know, a hallucinatory drug of any sort. Right. Uh, it's an antihistamine. <laughs> um, but no, it's, it, it was, I didn't ask for it, um, but I was given it. And I don't know, I'm, I'm a simple person. I, I didn't have a very good education, but that was through my choice, um, not the fact of not being able to. I just hated school. I did not want to be there. Um, and I did everything I possibly could to either avoid school, not listen in school, um, but the school itself did me the biggest favour in telling me that I couldn't do science because I broke a thermometer, or I couldn't do this because I don't. And they actually put me what they classed in the UK as in rural science. Effectively, I was in a group, well, I was the group because I was the only one left. Um, I was placed in the school garden to grow the vegetables for the school canteen. And every lesson I didn't want to do, it's sorry, but I'm going to find out what the cook's want in the kitchen. Sorry, I've got to go and dig up the potatoes for this. Sorry, I'm going and I just walked out of every single lesson I didn't want to do. <laughs> brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. But my theory um, for my the way they work with me is that I'm the proverbial half-empty vessel. I haven't been programmed via mainstream education. Um, I haven't accepted that, I mean, it was a bit of a problem in the early years that I had to do exactly what everybody else did because that was the way it had to be done. And I always looked to find my own way to do things. 
And I suppose nowadays with my healing, it's every single thing that my guides give me, I either write down on um, the computer, I share it with people, I print it out, and it's like I empty out what they'd given me so there's all space for them to put something else in. And that's how it's been. Um, and I love it that way because I've got reams and reams and reams of paperwork of things that they've given me. I've lost count of the amount of posts I've written and, and shared on various groups of topics that the guides want me to share. Um, and that is it. It needs to be shared. It is not for me to keep. It is not for me to make money out of. In, in the respect of writing books that are going to be bestsellers, I have written a couple of books, um, which effectively was guided by the by then. Um, but yeah, it's it's a fascinating life. It's wonderful, and I, I I don't know what I'd do if I lost it now. And I do come across a lot of people that have lost their ability, and for some reason. They're directed to me and my team to get that ability back. So I don't really understand how it works, but I love doing it all the same. It's, it sounds fascinating, honestly. It's it's yeah. like the whole, everything you talked to me about when you were, you know, obviously my kids were, were raising hell in the background when we first talked about <laughs> yeah. But um, you know everything that you talked about, I was I was captivated, fascinated. Do, do you happen just kind of like a side note? Do you happen to remember the author that your Reiki master recommended to you? Oh God, no! Um, <laughs> no idea. Um, as well, I mean, as I say, as soon as I read those first two paragraphs, I thought I don't understand the word of this. It it can't be what it's about, and I just deleted it and threw away the piece of paper she gave me. Um, but strangely enough, um, when was it? 2021, yeah, so it would have been last year. My team decided to channel through to me a quantum field and it beating the workshop. I now understand it, whereas back then I didn't. So it is, it, it's quite, you know, I'm a, I'm a great believer in that we are constantly evolving as healers, as people, as a society, as a race, as a species. Everything about us is evolving. We have to move forward. Um, and, and, you know, that forms quite a strong basis for my belief system. We can't stand still. Right. And, you know, one thing that's that I've brought up a couple times in some previous episodes for people who might have been longtime listeners of the show, might this might sound familiar. But we, as kind of like a Western society, and pretty much globally, we focus, or we, our focus for the last century or so has been all physical for the most part, right? We've been looking at... We need to develop medicines and we need to develop procedures and all this stuff, which is which is great. We we exist in this world physically, but what we also exist in it 
mentally and spiritually and energetically. And so it's really interesting um, for me. I used to kind of think like believe I used to believe in like coincidences and things like that. And nowadays, if I get very, very curious about like, let's just say a type of energy healing or, or whatever. Nowadays, I, I kind of pay a little bit more attention and I'm like, oh, the, is that something that I'm supposed to be looking into and thinking about instead of like, oh, yeah, that's interesting. And and the most just, you know, just for you and my audience sake, the most recent thing that, that happened to me was this last week, I got really curious about like ancestral healing and ancestral yeah ancestral trauma. Karma. Yeah, trauma, karma. And yeah. how it kind of passes down um, genetically, like physically in right. our bodies. And that's something that I'm going to be doing my own research into very soon. And it's that's just the most recent thing. But I've had a lot of other things where it's just like, I'm really curious about this. What a weird coincidence that I have talked to this person, this person, and this person who seems to know a lot about that. But now I'm like, oh, they were brought to me, right? That's correct. Yes, they were. And it, and that's the case with everything. There are no such things as coincidences. It's, everything is... I mean, I'm a firm believer in that we are like a grain of sand in the desert. And the spiritual realm is the desert. And it is the spiritual realm that directs us to who we need to be in contact with for whatever reason, whether it be for myself and my team to do healing on that person or whether it's for them to ask. And it, it's, it's weird because they can just ask a simple question that I've never been asked before and all of a sudden somebody from the team steps forward and gives them the answer and I learn something that I didn't know before. And from being a school refuser to having a mentality now that every single day is an opportunity for me to learn something new. Now, if I'd have had that at school, I'd have probably ended up going to university. But it wasn't to be. That wasn't what I was meant to do. Um, I've been blessed in a way to be able to do what, I say to people, when you pass and you go to the spiritual realm, you will do a review of your life and you will go through it from the minute you're born to the minute you die and you'll review the lessons that you've been sent here to learn or if that's what your belief system is and then they're uploaded into your Akashic Records. Well, shortly after doing the Reiki Level 1, I was taken on a journey by my team through inner meditation that started when I was a child uh, playing with spirit children who I actually thought were real um, right the way through to my Reiki level one achievement and it it's totally changed my life because I understood things that happened in my life but I didn't understand how they happened, if that makes sense. It's it's like when I was in the school, and you know, I, I mean a school teacher of students that although they were troublesome students, which is why they were doing construction, 
um, were far more knowledgeable and they had far a far greater grounded in in all sorts of subjects than I had. But this guy turned around and said, tell them you're an oracle. Well, I didn't even know what an oracle was, so I had to look it up. And an oracle is supposedly somebody or something that can answer every question. And this is what I'd say to the kids, you know, you can ask me any question you like and I will answer it. And they did. And they would throw questions at I wouldn't know what the question was, let alone what the answer I'd given. But out of my mouth would come the correct answer, straight to the child that asked the question. How do you know that? I told you I'm an oracle. It's all I could say, because I don't really understand what it was that I said. But that, that was the blessing. It, it was all the things that happened, all the different stages of my life were shown to me as if I'd passed and it wasn't a near-death experience, right? Because I wasn't in a meditation. Uh, um, but it explained the things that had gone on in my life, and it suddenly started to make sense. And I realised that they have always been there, as they are with everybody. They were directing my life the way it was meant to go, but I didn't understand it. And now I do. So that, that's fascinating. Especially, you know, there's a couple of things you said. One thing was about playing with spirit children. You know, I, I kind of, for a long time, wrote that kind of stuff off where it's like, oh, they're just imaginary friends. But, my, you know, lately I've been paying a lot more attention, especially to my little boy. And the other day he comes up to me and he say, he says that he had a brother. And I was like, you don't have a brother. What are you talking about? All you have is a sister. And he said, no, I have a brother named, I forgot the name. He said, named such and such. And he has black hair and and red eyes. And I was like, huh. It's very interesting. So I've been kind of paying a lot more attention to that. And I was like, what do you do with your brother? And he's like, oh, my brother just, uh, we just play with toys. And if I get hurt, he helps me get back up. And I'm like, oh, okay. So there's no concern there because if he's, helping him back up. I'm like, yeah, okay, that's fine. Right. It's just, Not dark. yeah. You know, just because something has red eyes doesn't mean that it's evil, you know? So I, I was happy with that. I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. Okay. We'll just, uh, carry on, I guess. And then the second thing you, you brought up was something I've been thinking about a lot lately and you brought up the Akashic records. And now I have kind of a specific question about that. If you don't mind. Um, yeah, close. so, did you externally hear the term Akashic Records or was that provided to you internally from your team? Okay, let, let me sort of put you in the picture, um, which might help other people. In the early stages of my healing journey, um, I, I was this sponge. I wanted Reiki and I wanted crystal. I did sound healing. I did higher dimensions. And I would have just kept going and going and going and going, um, spending an absolute fortune on getting qualifications that I would never display to anybody. Um, and the team turned around and said, what are you doing? And I just said, well, I want to be the best I can be. Then let us take over your teaching. So the team, since then, have been teaching me. They have taught me all the workshops that I teach to other people. Um, 
And what I said very early on is, and, and it wasn't a cashier records. What I said was, we are going to give you access to the halls of knowledge, but we are only giving you access to the halls of knowledge for healing. And I said, where are they? They're in a different dimension. Okay, I'll accept that. Um, but what they then said was that we cannot take your access away. If you think of it like a library card, we can't take your access away in this lifetime. But if you misuse it or abuse it, you will never be given access again in any lifetime. And that was enough for me to understand just how much, not much, how precious this gift that they'd given me was. And I was connected to this. I would get somebody asking me a question about a medical condition. I am not medically trained. I couldn't tell you one end of a stethoscope from the other. But they would tell me things, and they still do today, about somebody's body that is wrong with it and how to cure it. And I'm thinking, what medication? Well, that doesn't go with that. Well, how do I know that doesn't go with that? A doctor will spend 12 years reading books or whatever it is, and they will have a, a, a depth of knowledge. My knowledge for anything to do with healing and medical or anything like that comes from this whole of knowledge. And it wasn't until much later on that I learned that the name most people give to it is the Akashic Records. And then I started to ask my guides, what actually are they? And their explanation is quite, quite good, really, because if you imagine that your etheric light body is the fragment of your soul, and that that is brought into the mother's womb, into the cells very, very early on, um, as the cells start to divide and multiply. Because the etheric light body is integrated to every single cell within the physical body. So that is your soul connection. If you then think, right, okay, what are the chakra system? What is the chakra system? We have, there used to be many, many hundreds of years ago, it was six, now it's seven. Um, and I learned that through some Buddhist readings and things that I went to. But your seven energy centers, your chakras, are not colored, they're pure white, because so is your etheric light body. It is the same energy and the same composition as the stars in the sky. Um, your internal chakra system records every detail. If you think of it like the CD drive on a computer, it will take all the detail, all the um, the digital detail, if you like, and record it within, as well as being the energy center that sends energies around the body. But as well as that, um, you probably heard the term of subtle bodies, which is there's one for your base, your sacral, your solar plexus, etc. So you have seven subtle bodies which comprise your auric field. Each one of those seven subtle bodies 
has seven more chakras. And we, your team, have told me to call them shadow chakras. And they actually record energy. Now, we are actually, at this very precise moment, co-creating an energy. It will be registered within my home, where I am a copy of it. It will be registered within my chakra system, a copy of it, as it will in yours. So we have co-created this energy of communication and information exchange. When you pass to spirit, that energy goes with you. Not only do you record all the detail and upload that into the Akashic Records, but you also upload the energy. And this is where it gets quite interesting with regard to regression therapy. Because my team do not like, and it is purely their view, they don't like the word regression because to them it is taking you back to the traumatic energy that you have already uploaded into your Akashic Records and that is causing you problems in this life. Whereas when we do what my team call it over in queue, the only person connecting with the Akashic Records and that energy is actually the healer. Do you understand that? Yes, that makes sense to me. All right. So the, the actual client doesn't reconnect with any traumatic energy at all. I really like that, John. I like that term past life review. I might, it, it, it's a, it's a subtle change, but the and whole the, um, energy shifts, the whole, like me even thinking about, like, it makes a really good point because just me even thinking about the difference between the words, because words, they, they, um, oh, yeah, I know where you're going with that. Yeah. They're, they, words transfer energy. Like when I say, you know, I don't know, example, uh, the, I, people can come up with their own examples, but you know, words transfer energy and yes. the word review is like much more light, a, a lot, um, easier energetically. If, if I tune into like the energy of what the word conveys, the meaning of the word, the energetic load that the word gives you, it's much, uh, less, uh, heavy. I like that. I might start using that just be, just because it's a simple reframe, but even simply like that's really the essence of of what healing is to me is just like reframing yeah. how we view things. I mean it, it is, but I mean I I've learned this through my dealing um in in that way from dealing with post traumatic stress syndrome. PTSD. Um I'm an ex-serviceman uh, from many, many years ago, and I witnessed a few things that weren't very nice. Um, I didn't, don't believe, I, I'm not going to say I didn't, I don't believe I actually suffered PTSD. Um, I do know a lot of people that have, and I've worked with a lot of people that have. My tiller's view on PTSD is that at the moment, um, Therapists are looking to desensitize 
the triggers in the brain. Whereas what they really need to do is to disconnect or nullify the power of the energy of that traumatic incident that is stored within the shadow chakras. And if I can give you a sort of example, I can put it wrong. Um, and oh, that's the other thing I want to say. Most of the people that do suffer PTSD are actually empaths, which is quite important to understand because they are sensitive to energies, which is why it affects them more. If you think of the typical military, which I went through, the typical military banter is that if you see your, you know, your, your mate's head blown off, one or maybe two people will be affected by PTSD. The remainder of the platoon, whatever, will go down the pub, wherever they go, or club that they go to, driven themselves into oblivion, crack the worst quality of humour you can... That's their way of dealing with it. Because they're not empathic. But the two people that are empathic have actually taken on board the trauma of that incident and it's recorded within their shadow shadows. And when they actually get that trigger event, my team like to think of it as striking a match, lighting a fuse and igniting the fuel of that original trauma. But what they don't realise is that every time they have a physical reaction to a traumatic event like that, they don't use up the fuel of that energy, they duplicate it. And and the way they describe it to me is that if you, as we said before, when you see your mate's head get blown off in an incident, you might end up with a cup full of petrol or gas, as you call it over there. It's very flammable, very volatile. If they have a PTSD event and they go into a crisis for however long it is that they do that and there's a reaction physically, what they've actually done is to create two cupfuls of gas. And the next time they have one, it will be four cupfuls of gas. So all the time, every single time, it's doubling up, it's doubling up, it's doubling which is why so many people get to the point where they know and realise that the next event is going to be so bad, I just can't cope. And sadly, quite a few take their own lives. It is preventable. If we actually change the composition of that gas, and we can do this, and we have done it many times with, with people with PTSD, we can turn it from gas into water. We don't do anything with the triggers. All we do is transmute the energy into a non-volatile energy. So they can have the trigger. It could be a flashback, it could be a bang, it could be anything that it that kicks it off. But effectively, you can't strike a match and burn water. 
So if there is no volatile energy to ignite, there's no physical reaction. And that's PTSD healing in a nutshell, as far as my team are concerned. And I have actually done this with veterans that just couldn't believe it. They just said that I felt you actually doing something in my energy and I knew that I was going into a PTSD event incident. It's and my therapist would take forty-five minutes to talk me down from that. How could you do it in less than two? And I said, Because I've changed the energy of within your body. That's to me, that's priceless. I I I'd never learned that on the earth bank. It's come from the Akashic records of healing or to knowledge of healing, whatever. See, John, yes, uh, I, I totally am grasping what you're saying. I totally am understanding. Let me, so let me kind of simplify it and make it into kind of like a metaphor, just simply to simplify it for my audience, right? Yeah. So essentially what you're saying is we are in, let's just call it a console, right? We're in a console that will interact with the physical plane, right? Um, essentially, we're like, we have background software that's running constantly back backing up all of our data so everything that we do is being backed up and it's being sent to this uh essentially like cloud memory system and then yeah. when we go into therapy and things like that what's happening is is instead of just like when you're doing talk therapy you're you're just talking about it and from a traditional western standpoint you're talking it out. You're talking through your problems, but what's actually happening, and I've had an inkling of this for quite some time, um, to be honest with you, John, but so what, what you're saying is essentially happening is we are reaching into that cloud storage system and basically making a copy of that energy that happened when what you know whatever traumatic thing happened because we're not pulling it out. We're not like taking the the, the energy out permanently we're, we're making a copy like you're copying yep. a file you're duplicating it yep you're duplicating it like you're making a copy of the file you're bringing it back down and all of a sudden now you have another version of that same file in your body and and you know i've honestly been thinking about this a lot and you've you just said something to me that really resonated with me because i've been thinking about this a lot lately too about how you know, talk therapy, it, you know, it's, this is going to be really controversial for anybody that who's just coming into this to hear, but it almost just makes things worse because it strings you along. You know, there's different ways to heal your energetic field because when you're looking at all these traumas, as far as I'm concerned, I'm not a therapist because what therapists want you to do is they want you to spend time in that past event, right? The, when I'm doing like yeah. an energy field healing or or a core realignment or however you want to refer to it to, the only things that I care about is what, you know, what emotion and energy did that cause yeah. and what do you, what do we need to resolve that? What do you need to fix it? Um, what can we provide your energetic field with to to adjust that energy so that you're no longer attaching the energy to the traumatic event? Whereas yeah. talk therapists, they don't care or even 
most of them probably aren't even aware of that energetic field or that trauma. No, and that, that's where you're spot on. They are unaware of energy. They are quite aware of the cognitive therapies that they do yep. within the mind um, because that's their field of expertise. What they really ought to be doing is then learning about energy work because there is no way that you can safely disconnect the two. They are so intertwined, as is the whole human body. So as you said in the beginning, you know, we're not just physical beings, we're spiritual, we're emotional, we're mental. All of those things are the human, us. But the only thing... Well, okay, I've just been guided by my team here. Um, the only thing that is absolutely identical for every single human being on the planet is their soul fragment. It's like you could look at a million grains of sand that are all absolutely identical. But those grains of sand are in an organic, physical, living organism, which is the human body. And every single one of the human bodies, the organic bodies, are different. So there is no one size or one therapy fits all, unless it's energy, because that's the only um, common denominator in all healings, whether it be, what's a surgeon doing when he cuts your leg off when it's, you know, gangrene or something like that? He's intervening and removing the negative energy from the infection in the only way that he knows how, because that's the way he's been taught, and he's removing, just say, the leg below the knee. That's his way of curing the problem. But what he doesn't realize is he's just cut off the foot chakra. So that person can now not practically ground for the rest of their life unless somebody intervenes. Do you understand? Yeah, 100% I do. And, you know, it's very... It sounds, to, to me, it just, it's the natural next step, right? What you're saying to me is the natural next step because energy affects us all the time. And, and for anybody listening, you know, I'm just going to take a second to talk to my audience. Like if you look at all the types of energy that we are bombarded with every single day, right? Even if you, if you're brand new to the show, if you're brand new to this kind of a concept, one, one source of energy that I promise you will influence you is this energy of the sun. Like if you've ever got a sunburn, just look at how that affects you. So we are affected by all kinds of energy all the time. And when we look at, you know, traditional therapies in medicine, um, you know, they're doing the best they that they can with what they have, but what what's they're missing out on um you know more than half of what we are um and when they're doing this. And it's unfortunately with the with the scientific instruments that we have living in a largely physical focused world where we only focus on the interaction with the outer world versus like the whole entire health of the console, right? When when we when we do that, it's it's kind of hard to quantify that energetic change in our body. 
you know, and we're getting into pretty deep metaphysics here. Yeah. But it's really hard to actually measure and quantify that. And so unfortunately, like when we're talking about therapists not being aware or of the energetic side of things or doctors not being aware of the energetic side of things, as of right now, the scientific community is going to look at us like a, a quote unquote qualified scientist with the degrees and the tenure and all that stuff. They would look yeah. at us and say, you guys are crazy and you're spreading misinformation because you don't know what you're talking about and we can't actually quantify that. But what I look at is like, so who's actually getting the results though? Yeah. You know, who yeah, is precisely. who is helping people to feel more complete, more holistic and more healed quicker? Because realistically, I mean, I had a friend who who I worked with them with anxiety and they had struggled with crippling anxiety for a while. And I did maybe like a 30 minute energy healing session with them where I, you know, and I'm not necessarily doing anything. They're doing all the work, but teaching them how to go into their energetic field and manipulate that. Um, yeah. 30 minutes and they haven't felt anxiety for almost like coming up on a year now, you know? Yeah. And they they had been in therapy. They were looking at getting medicine. And then all of a sudden, their anxiety is essentially gone. Yeah. Cured. Yeah. Oh, no. Who's, exactly really getting, yeah, um, who's really getting res the results here? That, that's yeah. my question for anybody who would be t potentially questioning this is like, why is this not being looked into on a bigger level? Well, yeah, I can understand that. But if I can go back to what you were saying about the sun. Um, I don't, you know, and I'm, I'm addressing you, well, I'm addressing your listeners as well. Um, we have a universal core that runs from our soul, wherever that is, way out in space, in whatever dimension it's in, down through the Earth's atmosphere, through the top of our head, down through us, and into the Earth. And we are a walking, talking, living, breathing conduit for universal source, God, our brother, whoever you want to call it, for that energy to penetrate our Earth's atmosphere and get into the Earth where it is then transmuted into Reiki Earth healing energy. If you look at pictures and I dare say you know a lot of people may have, have actually been there but if you look at pictures of um, solar flares that are being directed at the earth and when they hit the northern or southern hemispheres around the pole regions you get what they call the aurora borealis the northern yep. lights or the southern lights yep that is solar energy being reflected back by this really, really powerful um, shield, for want of a better word of putting it, um, that we have around the Earth that we're slowly destroying with global warming. Um, but the point is, for the Earth to be able to give us energy, it's got to get it from somewhere. Now, if it is excluded from universal energy by this shield, as in the deflection of the sun's solar flares, the radiation from it, 
We do get ultraviolet light come through, but we don't get a lot of the other more harmful radiations. And I'm not a scientist. I'm, this is just what I've been told by my team. Um, we are a conjugate. We bring this energy through us into the earth. Now, in the process of it coming down through us into the earth, it's energizing, it's clearing, it's radiating out from us as well. So it's going into the very air we breathe. We, you know, we we naturally assume that we're breathing oxygen, but you're also breathing in energy. You know, there there is so much that my team want to share with people. You know, we. We, as a um, profession, if you want to call it, healing profession of energy healers, have been doing this sort of work. It's not me personally, but we've been doing this sort of work for hundreds of thousands of years, right from back in the Stone Age. And there were people that were connected to energy in a way, the shamans, the whatever, but utilize the energy that they were connected to to help other people. The medical profession as we know it today is probably 350 years old at its peak. It's still in its infancy with regard to how to heal. And Sadly, and I, I've got nothing against doctors, nurses, or anything like that, and there is a role for them to play, as there is a role for us. But they, through the means of programming and education, have superseded the energy healers that were around for hundreds of centuries. But they don't accept that we, the untrained, have any input into modern day medical knowledge but how is it that they cannot cure a tumor whereas an energy healer can if it's an inoperable tumor my next door neighbor had a three centimeter brain tumor that was inoperable and every time she went for a scan they said well it's still there it's still, oh, it's changed. It's not quite as solid as it was before. Oh, it, it looks next time. It's more like it's fluid. And within two years, that brain tumor had dissolved and disappeared and was actually taken out of her body by her own body. Partly because of the work that we did to start with, but mainly because of the work that the person themselves, and I talked it on themselves from that day forward. We are so powerful in our own abilities that it would, if it was released into the world, the powers that be would just lose total control of everybody because you would, many people wouldn't go to a doctor. They'd go to, you know, it's like years ago, they'd go to a shaman. They wouldn't go to a doctor. Um, but, you know, there, there is a place for modern medicine. I'm not so sure about modern drugs because I know I treat a lot of people with chemo that are going through chemo and I know that sort of like 60% of what's put into them, the carriers, is actually toxic to the body, whereas the bit that does the work against the cancer is good. So if we can remove the toxic bit as soon as it goes in, that just leaves the good bit in there doing the work against the cancer. 
and and I do this on a regular basis with all all of the clients I've got that have got cancer. Um, they're so much more positive. They don't get affected by the the highs and lows of chemo. Um, how can you prove it? How, how can I actually, short of doing, and believe me, I have tried case studies, written case studies where I will have 10 people or 20 people with a particular condition. And I said, tell me, a, you know, we've done this. How did you feel? What happened? Getting all this information. Nobody wants to know. They're not interested. It's mumbo jumbo. It's rubbish. Why is it then that spirit keeps sending people to energy healers to be healed? Well, I mean, obviously it's not real because we didn't spend 12 to 15 years of our life uh, studying $150,000 on a medical degree. What are they actually studying? Past lives. Past lives, case studies. This drug was used on this and it did that. Well, great. On that person, it did that. But on the next person you use it on, it might kill them. We are not. It's as a physical organism, we are not one soul as fits all. I, I would agree with that. There has to be room for all modalities of healing, and no modality of healing is better than any other. The difference comes in the person connected and their intention. That is what sets one form of energy healing above another. It doesn't actually set it above it. It sets one person above the other, if that makes more sense. You know, some people say, well, they're a better healer than I am. Well, if you actually say that about yourself, you've already diminished your connection by running it down. And that's where your words come in. If you keep telling yourself that you're rubbish, that's what you will be. Rubbish. So words, as you said, are very, very powerful. We are very, very powerful beings. We have an inbuilt self-healing mechanism that will work every time we go to bed. Every time you sleep, that self-healing mechanism starts up, goes to work, starts repairing the damage that you've done during the day, no matter what that damage is. Obviously, it's not going to repair effectively really major things overnight but you direct your healing to a particular spot and say well twisted my ankle today can you make that 50 percent better in the morning instructing your etheric light body to do so and you'll get up in the next morning it's a bit better oh thank you very much that's power that's what we've all got but we're not through fear we are prevented from sharing that's what I feel people don't the powers that be don't want that to be known can you imagine if everybody did their own self healing doctors and there'd be no money to be, be made business. no no there wouldn't and, and you know money's a, a huge thing but let me ask you a question just to play devil's advocate right they yep. have a, you know, the, we'll just call them the powers that be. They have a term for what you're talking about. They call it the placebo effect. Have you heard that term before? Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, yeah. Yes. I've heard it many, many times. So, so what's, what makes you think that what you're doing isn't just a placebo? 
description of placebo is that you do something and the person believes it happens, but nothing happens. That'd be right. I'll read you the definition. Oh, well, that's it says because I, I wouldn't know it. Right. So it's um. Here's the actual definitions. There's there's three different versions. Uh, a harmless pill, medicine, or procedure prescribed more for the psychological benefit to the patient than for any physio- uh, physiological effect. A substance that has no therapeutic effect used as a control in yeah. testing new drugs, a measure designed merely to calm or please someone. So there's evidence that have shown or studies that have been done where doctors will assign like a sugar pill to treat cancer. It's actually a really messed up screwy thing to do to someone you're like hey we're treating you with this new miracle drug for cancer and then the people will believe that it's working yeah you didn't get anything but they'll believe that it that it's working yeah and then all of a sudden their cancer will go away so but then they find out that they just got a sugar pill and then the cancer comes back and they and they die that this has happened yeah a lot of times right so they call it the placebo effect and and that's kind of what it is, is like the belief is healing. So there are doctors are already aware of this, but so so what's what's to say that what you're doing isn't just a placebo effect? Results. Results and instant feedback. Now this is the benefit of um the internet, the modern internet now. I can actually contact people for a heat. I can be doing a healing on somebody in Australia. I've got, I've actually got two healings in Australia after this podcast tonight. I can be doing a healing on that person. And because I, my team want me to use Messenger, WhatsApp, whatever, to write down everything that we find and everything that we do. Okay? So that there is a full written record of what it is we're doing. How come if I'm saying, right, I'm going to unblock your foot chakras, they don't know which one I'm working on. They don't probably, they might not even know they've got a foot chakra because that's some of the people we come across. But how come is it that when I connect and I start to send energy through my foot chakras as if I am them, they feel it. They contact me. Oh, I've got a tingling in my leg. What's going on? That's me sending energy down that leg to clear the block foot chakra. How does science disprove that? I haven't. They're 12,000 miles away. I am told them what I'm going to do. I'm doing it. They're coming back to me, telling me what's going on in their body. Now, yes, I could be lying through my teeth here and saying, oh, well, that's us. I don't know. I don't. They don't know what's going on. But science would say, ah, but that's you saying that you're doing it. So they would try and put me down in that in that way. But when you have people that, I suppose you know, you're going back to. And I didn't want to bring this in. Um, the religious times of Jesus. I'm not a follower of the convention of the Bible and religious teachings. But if you go back to the miracles of Jesus, um, healing the lame, 
get up. What did he do? Did he do a miracle? Or did he tell him to take charge of his own healing? Get up. If you get a person that, and I, and I found this during my practice, that if you get a client come to you and they say, I've got this problem, sort it out for me, please. Is it going to work? To a degree, yes. But if they come to me and say, how can we sort this problem out? Can you help me with it? You're going to get a much, much better result because they have already invested their energy, their intention into their own self-healing. So it makes so much more power. Do you understand? The placebo... Yes, I do. Yeah, the placebo that you spoke about, that they're saying, oh, well, this is a psychological um, reaction to what you're telling the person you're going to do. What makes you think that that psychological is the term they use, isn't actually a mental reaction to then kickstarting their own self-healing. It needed somebody else's input to say, this is what we're going to do. They then think, right, I need to invest my, and they do this subconsciously, not consciously. I will invest my energy into this. And together, the person needing the healing and the healer combine their energies and it's an immediate, if not permanent, improvement, then it will grow. The more they invest into it, the stronger that healing. I tell my clients, I don't heal you. I get your body, your energy healing body, into a position where it does it for you. But you've got to believe it. You've got to work with it because we've only got an hour or whatever. It's now over to you. If you then suddenly say, oh, well, I've done my hours. It, it's like anything. If you do an hour's practice with something and then don't do it for another month, you're never going to get any better at it. But if you do an hour's practice a day at something, it's going to get better and better and better. That's the other thing why any part of healing works. Absolutely. And, and obviously, you know, as far as the placebo effect goes, I, I brought that up. I don't necessarily buy into that from a purely logistical standpoint. You know, I I was just asking more to get your yeah. opinion to, to potentially like, you know, that's a huge question that would be asked, you know, from let's just say like a skeptic mindset. Because I do have a few skeptics that do listen to my show just just purely, you know, at least they're they're listening to different ideas. Right. But, you know, as far as the skeptic I was mindset, skeptical once myself. Yeah, and you know, it's I don't know, you know, one 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 other question I would have is is have you tracked people's um results over years? And um if so, have you seen like permanent improvements in a large case? Like, oh, go Jess. Yeah. Yeah, because that would be data that I would love to see just for curiosity. When I say I track people, I mean what can I say that? Right. I don't it might be come across as a bit flippant, but it isn't meant that way. When somebody contacts me and I do a a healing with them, whether it is in person or whether it is um, 
a remote healing, the moment the healing's finished, they stop becoming a client and become a friend, which which is a bit, you know, which is why I say it might sound a bit cliche because I will contact that person three or four days later and say, how are you doing? Is it improving? Is this? And, and then my team at some point in the future will actually put their name in my head and say, give them a call. There's a problem. And I'm thinking, well, they haven't contacted me. And I'll text them. I'll message them. I was just going to call you because I've got another problem and I'd like your help. I'm not directing it. Spirit are directing it. Spirit are keeping the connections there. Um, the lady next door, it's been seven years since we did her tumour. She's just actually travelled. I mean, she lost her husband about two years ago. She has just, end of October, travelled to see her son in New Zealand alone at the age of 82. Now, when I first met her, she was using a walking stick. She had um, a weakness on the right-hand side of her body because the left side of the brain affects the right side of the body. And she was not very well. After we did the healings, she started to improve to the degree where she would go swimming three times a week. She was a member of the Women's Institute. She would be going to meetings. She was older than a lot of the people. She was driving around and helping. And I'm thinking to myself, how can you do that? How is it that you're doing that? And it's because of her belief that the work we did and the success of, of the tumour going, she's fit as a fiddle. And she's, I say she's now 82 years old. She's just travelled halfway around the world on her own to go and see her family. You don't get that from somebody who's had a placebo. Simple as that. There are many other people that I've worked with that, and, and some of them, when we've worked with them, you never hear from them yet. But a hopeful lot of them will recommend their friends to, to get in touch. They will say, well, this, this guy did so-and-so for me. Get in touch with him, see if he can help you, and we'll do what we can. Um, but I learned a long time ago, what's the point of me trying to compete with the medical profession when it's far more important for me to just help people. I'm not here to change and create a revolution in medicine. I'm right. here to help people. And that yeah. is more important to me than it is trying to prove that what I do is real. And that's, can, and that's what I was going to say, too. Sorry to interrupt you. but. That's um, that, that's what I was going to say, too, is like, it seems like as far as you're concerned, you would rather actually help people. But, you know, I, I'm wondering and, and, you know, if and this is just, you know, me throwing ideas around there is if there was a way for you to track long term results of this and and show like a consistent like this is permanent progress. Like I've we've cured tumors, we've cured xyz whatever all this stuff and then you show long-term yeah. progress of like here's the amount of people that have stabilized and remained stable three years five years ten years right yeah. and you have all this data to show i mean realistically i can only see that as a, as a benefit 
Um, oh, yeah. You know what I mean? So it, it might be worth in the future either tracking it yourself or finding someone who can follow up on these cases and keep track of that for you, you know? I mean, I've got I've got a lady that I treated probably seven, eight years ago that had psoriasis over her whole body. The only clothing that she could wear were wispy, like flouncy shifts, dresses, whatever you want to call them. Very light clothing. Very, very the, light clothing. Yeah, things that wouldn't irritate the skin. Yeah, she had spent 25 years, the last 25 years before I met her, going to every doctor, every dermatologist, going to all of the people that she could, different treatments, this, that and the other. Two treatments. She has psoriasis between two toes. That's it. Nowhere else on the body. How'd you work that on her? It's never come back. Just got a little bit between two toes, nothing else. And that was after two treatments. The second treatment, I couldn't believe it. She walked through the door the second time and she was wearing slacks and a tight top. And I'm thinking, wow, what happened to you? Psoriasis gone. Brain tumors, cancers, everything you know, the, the, the shamans of old and even the ones, the modern day shamans, will tell you that for every illness there is on the planet, the planet holds a cure for it. Science will tell you we are synthesizing a cure from what we found on the planet. So in other words, they're trying to change the natural remedy, as in a, a chemical element of a natural remedy into a synthetic drug or concoction of something that will do a similar job. But they've only got case histories going back 350 years at the most, whereas those people that are connected to the halls of knowledge could have them for 300,000 years. The information is up there. These illnesses haven't just arisen. There are, I have to say, there are more illnesses that are coming about today through medical intervention. I mean, ADHD is, is a, you know, it's a terrible affliction for people. Um, we we did a healing on a client in a demonstration in a packed hall of a, a lady that's got ADHD. She could not sit still to save her life. We, and I'd never done this, this was an on-the-spot thing that the guides decided to do, and they put in what they class as a filter. And I just said to the audience, watch what happens, because I can't see from where I'm standing doing the work. And the audience, to a person, said, as you were doing your work, she physically calmed from the head down throughout her body. Her hands stuck fidgeting, her legs stopped twitching and jumping as they do, and she calmed down. And afterwards, I said, How do you feel? She said, Look, well, feel fine. Why? So, did you know you're not fidgeting and jumping? Yeah. Well, this is now um, eight months down the line, and I saw her last week. She's still got ADHD. She still has lots of problems, 
but there is no fidget, no bouncing of the feet, no fidgeting of the hands. She used to have to sit on her hands to keep them still. Now, not a problem. But she still got, and I offered her the chance of having further treatments, and she said, I don't want to change. This is who I am. I've accepted it. Thank you very much for what you've done. And I'm really pleased about it, but I don't want any further treatment. And good honour it. It's all I can say. I'm not going to force it on anybody. But we did something. I still don't really fully understand what it is that these guys in my team did. But they changed something within her body that stopped her fidgeting. And and if you'd have actually seen, been in the audience and witnessed it, you'd have struggled to find a reason. Because there was no, she wasn't given anything, so there's no placebo effect. She wasn't told anything. I said, well, all I'm going to do is I'm going to put the hand here and something's going to happen. I didn't say anything to anybody, neither did she. So it is, it's, you know, they're eating you. How can you, you know, when you do a past life healing on somebody in a similar situation, uh, and I mean, this goes into what, you know, your sort of, mainly your field. When I, I had a, a demonstration where I had a chap come up in the audience, he sat on the chair and he said, oh, I've got lots of problems. I said, most of them are in your mind, except this one. And I pointed to his side and I said, from there, round to there. And he said, how do you know that that's where my pain is? And I said, I don't. You've just told me. And I said, that's a past life. And I connected with the past life, as we do with our review. And I could tell him where it happened, when it happened, what it was. And it was a broadsword swipe from the 1200s in Scotland in a battle between the English and the Scots. And I said, I'm just going to heal that. And as I just swept my hand across this wound that I could see in his side, and he looked at me and he said, where's the pain gone? She didn't say you're in pain. He said, but it's gone. I've had that for donkey's years. Where's it gone? There you go. We do not really understand how powerful the mind is in our own healing until we start to use it ourselves. It's all very well going to a therapist and the therapist doing doing it with you, but if that therapist at the same time can teach you how to do certain things and you take it away and work on it yourself, wow, the results are phenomenal. Yeah, and you know, I I totally, I totally, I'm all about it. It's it's fascinating, and you know, it's you know, I think that therapy can be a really good starting place for people, and I think that they have their place in society. But ultimately, there's more effective things out there. And you know, John, we've been talking for quite some time here, and you know, I would love to have you come back on sometime and, yeah. and continue our our conversation because. Truly, it's it's been very mind opening. Um, but what what I like what I'd like to do to kind of wrap up here is just say, you know, is there anything like a like your website, your books, um, any 
social media groups, anything like that that you'd like to share on here so that if people would like yeah. to reach out to you to do one of these incredible healings or or chat with you or whatever, where where can they get in touch with you? What do you got going on? Uh, right. We, we have three pages on Facebook. Um, there's Reaching Out Therapy is the main page that I work through. There is the Well Connected Healing Association, which is where I invite other healers to join that group so that they can share their knowledge. Sadly, most of the time, it's my team's knowledge that goes into the post and, and I get lots of responses, but very few other people share stuff into it. I would love that to change because, they, you know, and like I said, every day is an opportunity to learn something else. I don't know everything. Um there are other people out there doing the same sort of work that I am that have a different perspective on it that I can learn from them, they can learn from me. That's what it's all about. This is why we share stuff. And the other one is the one that we haven't spoken about is the United Foundation, the uh, United Forces Foundation, which is um, specifically for dark work. In other words, possessions, demonic stuff don't ask me why my team have gone into that branch as well because they've been in it from day one but they get me to go and send souls over do um, their form of exorcism if you like to create uh, to get demons out there I mean there's so much to it it's you could spend weeks but we do have a website which is www reachingouttherapy.co.uk um, which there are there's a form on there that you can fill out to contact me we've got a few reviews on there there's probably more on our Facebook page than there are on the website because the website's only two years old I think um, but they can contact me through Facebook at so John Povey um, and I'll be happy to help anybody that I can we do charge for some of our services, but it depends if the person can pay. If they can't pay, we don't charge. Simple as that. But there's one thing my guide's just come through and he wants to share something with you and with all other healers. Sure, yeah. And it, this is what they've actually said. All energies are like musical notes. All healers are the players of those notes when the healer places the notes in the correct order a symphony will be produced well that's a wonderful message thank you very much for sharing that and for my audience just kind of wrapping up here links to all of those things that john mentioned will be found in the description of this episode links to his books that he's written will also be in the description of this episode. John, thank you so much for coming on and having this incredible discussion with me. Uh, I'll have to invite you back on sometime uh, to, oh, to talk more. To this, there is so much more. Um, even th things have happened since we had our first conversation that have literally blown my mind um, to the extent where, I mean, I've got two subjects that that have come through is 
um, which are energy portals, their origins that my guides have told me. And I've shared this. I've already shared this in groups. Um, so if other healers follow me, they'll see them in the groups or whatever. Um, and the other thing is that I had a, a wonderful instant where I went back six and a half thousand years and I met the guardian of a nexus echo point. And I'm still running this person's stairs with one foot in today and one foot six and a half thousand years ago, split down the middle. And I'm thinking I'm being pushed this way and talking to this guy. I'm being pulled back and explaining what I found to the, the guy stood at the bottom of the stairs and I'm going back and forth and back. And how the hell is this possible? What are you doing? It's fascinating. There's so much more to share. And that's what they will share. Yeah, and, and I would love to have you back on. But um, thanks so much for coming on today. And I think that this is going to be, I think this is going to open up a lot of people's minds. And I, I can't thank you enough for coming on and sharing. So thank you so much. Thank you, Ian. And it's been a pleasure. That's it for today's episode. I would like to thank John for coming on to the show. And I would like to thank you for tuning in. Definitely don't forget to go into your podcast player and click follow. If you use Spotify, please feel free to go in and let me know what you thought of the episode. If you know somebody who is currently going through a spiritual awakening or might be on the cusp of going through one, definitely send this episode their way or the podcast in general. It's designed to be a resource for those who are going through that. And if you're going through that and you'd like to share your experience, feel free to shoot me an email my email is theregressionsession at gmail.com, and I would love to have you on the show. Don't forget to click follow in your podcast player and don't forget to click share and send it to all your friends and family and your grandma and anybody in the entire world who you think could benefit from the show. <laughs> Welcome back to the regression session.
My name is Ian, and welcome to the new year. 